There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I personally really made a mental note of that being a good thing to do, to not ever say that you don't have something, but just to focus on what you do have. As soon as we met them, never thought about it ever again. It was, that was, that was our children. The adoption process can really make you look inwards and look at yourself as a future parent and also look at yourself as a couple with your partner. I can't wait for the celebratory hearing when it comes for our youngest son as well. and welcome to Some Families, the LGBTQ plus parenting podcast that's here to cover all kinds of queer parenting. Whether you've got questions, whether you want to explore the journey, or you're just curious about queer parenting. So I am Stu Oakley. I am here virtually with my co-host Lottie. Hello to you, Lottie. Hey, Stu, and hello to anyone and everyone who is listening. How are you, Stu? Apart from technical issues that I keep suffering during this lockdown, uh, I am all good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I've just had a week off um, work, which felt weird because I had it booked as a holiday and then obviously took the holiday but didn't go to the destination we had planned to go to. Instead, just kind of stayed in the garden and um had a really lovely time with my daughter and got her a paddling pool and just like lay in the sun and had some fun times together so it felt really um precious actually and nice lovely so did you actually feel like you did log out as it were completely of work I kind of did yeah I did and also I thought in a way this is just what a holiday would be like abroad anyway because we'd still be looking after our daughter all day, every day. So it's not like it would be dramatically different. We might just have a swimming pool, but, um, you know, a paddling pool is the next best thing. So in this episode, whilst you have your feet in a paddling pool, sipping a gin and tonic Lottie, we are going to be hearing from some of the incredible queer parenting community who have been listening to us ramble on and have sent us in some great questions for us to answer. Yeah, I'm really excited actually to answer them um, because, Stu, I am very excited to learn about you, the mystery man at the other end of this Zoom line, who, can I just say, has got the most fantastic looking new headset, which either makes him look like he's a 19-year-old gamer or a very sexy fighter pilot. 
and I can't quite work out which to call you. I think I think I'll go for the for the for the sexy pilot. I think <laughs> I don't think being a gamer has ever been in my uh, apart from playing Tomb Raider at age sixteen. <laughs> I played Tomb Raider as well. I played Tomb Raider, but then I got <laughs> Lara Croft stuck down this well, and I just couldn't get her out. So I just had to. St- I, d- I didn't know what to do, and I was so far into the game that I just, I couldn't go back. So basically I've just left her there. Was that some kind of weird lesbian fantasy that you had when you were younger? It was such a lesbian fantasy. And I was like, I for a while, I, she was just in the well and I was just making her do like drown so she'd do this sexy panting. And then I was like, oh shit, actually, I, I can't get her out of this well. So then I just like turned it off. I'd been playing for like six months and um, just never went back to it. So I sometimes think about it and feel quite bad about Lara Croft, who did just sort of virtually still stuck where I left her. Anywho, we digress. We do digress and also set the tone for a new spin-off show where we just basically do gay confessions about <laughs> gaming icons yeah. throughout history. I mean, there are loads. Right. Let us get stuck into some of these great questions that have been sent in. And first up is lesbian mum Kim, who can be found online at a mum called Mama. So over to you, Kim. I'd love to know if or how you've broached the conversation around having two mums or two dads with your kids. Um, We have a two-year-old, so we'll be having those conversations soon. So any tips would be great. Thanks. So Lottie, your little one, she is, how old is she now? Two and a half? Two? She no, she's one and oh God, she's, uh, she's just... coming up to two. She's two in July. It's because she's so mature, doing all these wonderful drawings on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <Piss> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so I think that's a great question, and it's a question that I have for lots of um, LGBTQ parents myself. She is a bit young, despite her exemplary drawing talent, to really be kind of talking to about this stuff. But I must say recently, through reading her children's books, it's really come up quite a lot. So we have some great books with um, two mums in and we have one with two dads in. And then, of course, every other children's book from A Tiger That Came to Tea to, um, I don't know, The Room on the Broom is like very heteronormative. Actually, Room on the Broom is a bad example because there's a witch and a load of animals. Anyway, um, and my point is... every witch is a lesbian, right? That's how it goes. Well, exactly. I mean, it's just implicit. So what I've started doing is when there is a mum and a dad, I say, oh, look, this little boy has a mummy and a daddy. You have two mummies, don't you? And some people have a mummy and a daddy. And so I just like, when we see examples of other parenting um, dynamics, I just point out, I always remind her that she has two mummies and that this person has two daddies or this person has a a mum and a dad. And I really see how much... um, reading books that have two mothers um, really resonate for her and she kind of repeats them back and when I'm reading to her she go, she look, looks at me and says you're my mama you're my mama and it's it's really nice because we use the words mama and mummy and um, it's so nice that she differentiates me as being her mama and um, that being a sort of special and different kind of relationship to a mummy. But um, Stu, what about you? Your kids are older, aren't they? So presumably you have had that conversation with them along with the adoption conversation. Yes. And again, I must admit it's books that, that really help that journey. And I hope that at a later stage, we can get further into this conversation about books and how much meaning they have for children 
and how much responsibility I feel that publishers and authors should have when it comes to fair representation uh, of the of the audience that's reading them, especially with the new legislation that's coming into place that will <laughs> not the words actively promote because that that sounds like something out of section twenty eight, but the that books will be available and that teachers will be openly talking about LGBTQ families within schools. I think it's such an important topic and I think it goes to help support gay families out there in answering that question or even getting to a point where they don't even have to give that question or explain that question. It's just something that is natural to children and that some children have two mummies and some children have two daddies. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to talking more about. But to answer your question more concisely, we I love the book Two Dads. I've expressed the fact that I love that book quite a lot because it talks about a child that has two parents who are both male and and that child is also adopted. And it's a beautiful, simple, really simple story. My children absolutely love it. And they read it back to me, like you were saying, and are able to call out the, the similarities between their own dad and daddy. So definitely books is is a way to introduce that to children, for sure. Something that Kirsty said to us in one of our previous episodes, um, the one about the um, lesbian mum who carried, uh, she's the biological mother, um, she said she doesn't talk to her son in terms of what he doesn't have. So she never says, you don't have a dad. She always just says, you have two mums, which I personally really made a mental note of that being a good thing to do, to not ever say that you don't have something, but just to focus on what you do have. So that's a nice piece of advice, Kim. Next up, super excited that Tim and Darren, aka the Lincoln Shores, have taken a moment away from their incredible quarantine TikTok videos to send us a question. Darren, what do you want to know? Hi, it's Darren from the Lincoln Shores. My question would be, what is your most important landmark or milestone to date that makes you so unbelievably proud of your children? And what do you hope for them to be as an adult? Um, I am so proud I think when my daughter got her ballet certificate and then went on stage in front of about 500 people, the natural theatric theatrical person that I am just exploded with joy and was like, oh my God, oh my God. But I would say really cornerly, it's also just every single day they come out with different things and they just surprise me. And I think my daughter, who is now four and a half, going on 20, she comes out with things that have gone into her tiny little brain and and she's so smart and she comes out with really witty things and really clever little comments that she's just taken from my husband and I, which is also deeply worrying at the same time because every time she does that, I go, <laughs> oh my God, you're so amazing. I can't believe you've retained that and you've explained that. And then there's like, a dread in me that goes, oh my God, she's going to repeat what I said about this or she's going to repeat what I said about that. But <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so proud of them. I mean, for us as a family, the key landmark was the day we had our celebration hearing, which is the day when it 
is officially announced in court that we are the legal parents of our children and and it was a really wonderful special moment and we'd heard so much about it during our training and from other people and we hadn't quite anticipated how wonderful it would just feel because the court really does go as all out as they can to make it feel special because if you think about it it's actually the only thing that happens in a in a family court which is celebratory because normally they're dealing with either divorce or care proceedings or any different types of 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 family issues that generally have some kind of negative to them it's actually the day where they're celebrating a new family coming together and these children finding a forever home and so the judge gets really involved and you're allowed to take photos which you're never normally allowed to do in court and so for us i i i would say when we finally got the celebration hearing of our eldest daughter and our eldest son it was just amazing and i can't wait for the celebratory hearing when it comes for our youngest son as well oh, that's so nice and just you quickly um i noticed on instagram that you posted um your daughter doing a hundred piece puzzle and you must no, be really proud no, no 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 oh no how many how many pieces it was a thousand piece puzzle oh my goodness okay it was a thousand piece puzzle did you do the puzzle i i watched her do the puzzle as i quickly signed her up for mensa <laughs> She is amazing. She is one of those things where you go, oh my God. Did she? She, she did it. So I helped separate the pieces. So it was a Disney princess puzzle. I I helped separate the pieces. And then I literally give her the pieces and she arranges them. And I went on, I was cooking the other day and I did her, gave her the snow white one and she pretty much put it all together. Oh and there are times where I sit and do help her because we're supposed to be doing it together and, and actually I could be like oh no this goes here and this goes here and I'm like jumping ahead but she is she and it's those it's those little things where you go oh my god they're you know they're amazing and that really helped my feeling that I hadn't done any you know homeschooling with her because she's not yet school age but I was like right tick okay she's done a puzzle she's a thousand thousand piece puzzle that's fine I don't need to do anything for the rest of the day with her apart from her that is impressive that's really Thank impressive you. Stu, have you got a question there from Becoming Two Dads? Yes, I love Becoming Two Dads. They are on their journey currently, and I know it's been really hard for them because of the current situation. They sent in a question about adoption. Hi, guys. My question is mainly for Stu, I guess. It's about the adoption journey and the part of the process just before matching. When you're on the journey um, and you've found a child that you feel like you might want to proceed with, how do you know you've made the right decision? Like, was there any point where you thought, yep, 100%, I know this is the right thing to do? And was there ever any doubt? Thanks, guys. We first saw our son and daughter through, in the middle of a load of profiles that were sent to us via our kind of matchmaker as it were from the agency we were at and at the same time we got access to a database as it were called Linkmaker and Linkmaker is a place where all the children's profiles who are in care and up for potential adoption 
it's where all their profiles are housed. So you can literally just search through them. You have to be approved adoptee to be able to have access. But when you have access, you you can search for anyone's profile across the country. And simultaneously to having the profile from our matchmaker, I can't, I don't think it's actually called matchmaker, but I'm going to call her our matchmaker, 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 uh, in terms of this process. But the same time we got that, we also found our daughter's profile on Linkmaker. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Now, it was only our daughter's profile that was on there with a small video, and attached was our son's... It didn't even have his name, it just had the first initial of his name. On there for the process of this it wasn't but it was just baby a and the video that was of my daughter was this incredibly just heartwarmingly gorgeous video of her running around in circles playing with a doll and at one point she fell completely flat on her face like pretty hard as well and she stood right back up, laughed and carried on going and just doing what she was doing. And there was something about that video that just really, they say when you know, you know, and we just knew and we expressed interest. So amazing. Yeah, it it, it, it was. And we we kind of expressed interest in, in her and her brother and her brother. We had no information. He was just baby A, just baby A. That was it. Well, we knew his age, roughly, and a rough medical background, but that really was it. We didn't know his name, we didn't know his full medical details, and so we were kind of venturing into the unknown, but it was the power of her and the thought of him that just made us be like, right, this is not our children we weren't saying that at that time, but it felt it felt just completely right mm. and then we expressed an interest. And to be honest, we had expressed an interest in a few other children as well, but we were a bit unsure. There was a, ironically, there was a sibling group of three that we expressed interest in. And 
everyone around us, my my mum, John's family, were all very much like, what are you doing? You can't have three. Our social worker was like, you, you wanted to, don't push it with three. You've really got to think about your resource and, and what you can take on. And that kind of dampened our kind of view on those three. Plus also one of them had um, a condition, a medical condition. And that also went into the factor of whether we could look after three children plus one that had a quite severe medical condition. But I always remember those three. But there was something that was pulling us in the direction of those two, our children. Mm. And once we expressed an interest, the social workers came involved and wanted to see us immediately. They came within a few days and the ball just started rolling really, really, really quickly. And because the it happened so quickly, there definitely was a moment, there definitely was a moment where I had to stop. And I felt, and I remember having the conversation with my husband, I felt like it was too fast. I felt that they were our children, but because we hadn't been looking at loads of children and going through the the, the journey, it it I felt like were we acting too soon? But actually, if we don't act now, these might these might be our children. We might miss that opportunity. So it's a really weird thing in your head to 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 get around. Because if it happens really fast, you feel that it's happening too fast and you should wait. But if it happens too long, you feel like maybe you're letting children who could be your children pass by. Mm. But all I would say is that when you know, you know. And I had that in my head that maybe this isn't right. And because very quickly they took us off Linkmaker to be able to and stop sending us profiles of children. Mm. And I felt, oh, my God, well, that's it now. But then that went all away when I met them. And as soon Mm. as we met them never thought about it ever again it was that was that was our children which is interesting because actually I think it's similar to how I met my husband in the sense that I was 21 and I always thought oh maybe I met him too young but actually what is too young or what's too soon if it's right it's right and it, it, yeah it felt you right. just know I mean it it could be comparable to um looking for a sperm donor as well and just having to make a decision you know if you want to do it you have to make a decision you would be crippled if you started thinking oh well like you know we've just got to keep looking maybe there's someone better or there's someone better at some point if you want to just get it done you have got to just say we're going with this one person and yeah maybe there are other options that might be just as good or better for whatever reason but you just have to make a decision and I think that going with your gut and just thinking this feels right just really listening to that is a a really really good piece of advice and finally we have a question from the utterly fabulous two dads in london hi this is lou from two dads in london and my question is becoming a new parent is a very stressful time and i'm sure as everyone does try to portray themselves as the perfect parent Did you feel you had added pressure to perfect the role being a gay parent? So that is really interesting. And it's something that we've spoken about in previous episodes of feeling like because we are non-heterosexual parents, we've somehow got more to prove. And we have this thing on our shoulders that we need to be brilliant parents and to be perfect. And when we're out and about in public, you know, if our kid's having a tantrum or something's not you know perfect that we um that we somehow are being seen as failures because we're not a normal 
in inverted commas, heterosexual family. And that can feel like a lot of pressure. Stu, what's your experience of that? Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it does add a new level of awareness to your parenting, good or bad sometimes. I mean, there are definite times, and less so now, I think when it first started, when my daughter first went to school, and I would be worried about her, you know, I remember taking her into school and she had a mark on her jacket and some dirt on her shoe and her hair was a little bit of a mess. And I was like, oh my God, people are going to think that we as two dads can't look after this little girl. We can't do her hair perfectly or we can't, you know, or she's coming to school messy or, or things like that. And it's, and it's really hard. And I think you do add that pressure to yourself. And, and I must admit, as an adoptive parent, you're always... Throughout the whole process of adoption, you are on show and you you actually feel like you are a show pony trying to answer the right questions. You know, you're interviewed by your social worker, you're interviewed by your children's social worker, you're interviewed by a panel of 12 people to be approved as an adopter. Then you're interviewed by a panel of 12 people to be approved to be matched with your children. Like you're constantly going through this it's like the multiple X factor rounds. Like you're always trying to be the best and you're always trying to put yourself in the best light. And I think that then starts seeping into your parenting as well, that you're always trying to be perfect Mm. and always trying to have the perfect answer and any sign of not coping or, um, you know, held against you, you actually feel like that. And it's been interesting going back through the adoption process again with our youngest, who's come into our life recently. We we thought we'd put that past part of our life aside and then suddenly it all comes back again. And then there was a really interesting piece in the newspaper recently in The Times about this adoptee. And he talked a lot about that he really struggled with the adoption of his child because it wasn't perfect but he really struggled he was a gay adopter but he and I don't think that was necessarily part and parcel of the issue but he really struggled being honest and open with his social worker and with people around him for fear that people would think that they had failed as adoptive parents in some way and so all I can say to anybody out there is just be honest be honest with someone If you feel you can't be honest with your social worker or with the team that's around you, try and find somebody, reach out to somebody online, reach out that you know well, maybe that you've met through the community or a friend or if you know somebody that's been through it, just reach out to somebody and and try and have an honest conversation because I can I can guarantee it will make you feel better. I think that is really, really great advice. And it's true of all stressful parenting situations. You know, it's so important to be able to talk to someone who can just listen in a non-judgmental way. But I guess what I've really learned from talking to you, Stu, is that the adoption process can really make you look inwards and look at yourself as a future parent. And also look at yourself as a couple with your partner. Absolutely. It is a form of therapy in a way that you really look in depth at yourself you question a lot about yourself you go right back into your history and it really makes you look at who you are overall which ultimately I think makes you really evaluate who you are as a parent 
So thank you for all your lovely questions. As you know, I love learning more about the fabulous Lottie Jeffs. I just want to get <laughs> into that brain a little bit more and find out more and more every time. So I can confirm that he's neither a 19-year-old gaming aficionado nor a sexy fighter pilot. He is a snack. That's a new word I'm trying to I'm trying out. Did it sound like calling people a snack? Ooh, am I edible? Did I but did I say it convincingly? Because I'm just try I'm just introducing it to my lexicon and trying it out. I don't know if I can carry it off. Mm, I think maybe we'll let everyone out there be the judge of that one. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening, you snacks. So until next time. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.